Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Michaels, and I just want to take a moment to thank you guys for all of your support over this last year. I can't believe it's the end of 2018, and it has been a year of growth and transformation. No doubt for every single one of you listening in, even if it feels like you're not transforming, you are. And so congratulations on on opening your mind and heart to this message, to this mind-body message, and and for giving it a shot, you know, even if your body's not showing evidence that you're there yet, you're getting there. And I want you to know that. And I want you to know that no matter how your body is behaving today, that it is just shifting up to the next level. And sometimes that hurts. And, and so I believe in your body's ability to feel better. It's just that you can't have transformative spiritual growth without a little bit of discomfort. And so congratulations on your growth, all of you. And thank you all for your support and for your notes throughout the year and for your messages of healing and for your testimonials. And wow, thank you. I couldn't have done it without every single one of you. I know there's at least like 500 plus of you that listen in every week. And that's amazing. And I thank you for that. And um, I want to encourage you, um, if you have a story to share, or if you have a, a stuckness to share, anything that you want to share with our listeners, um, please reach out to me in the new year. Um, and we can always change your name if you're worried about having your name out there. Um, but I want to have you on. I want to talk to all of you. And so please um, hit me up at mindbodymasterypodcast at gmail.com. You can also write to Caitlin at caitlinmichaels.org. Um, and I always put my contact information in every single episode's show notes. So please reach out and tell me about yourself and, and join up with me here in the new year. I will be taking a break for the next two weeks. The people pleaser in me does not want to obey, but I am going to do it anyway. And um, I'm moving my practice actually to another location. Um, and so I'll need a little bit of extra time to do that. Um, I'm also book solid in my practice um, up until the end of the year. I know holidays are a triggering time for a lot of people, and so I'm not surprised that my my schedule is overflowing. Um, and so, yeah. So, however, I can support you in the um, in the new year. Um, I look forward to working with any of you who um, feel the call to have a little bit of support. And so um, with that said, on the show today, I've got an amazing interview with a good friend of mine. His name is Rick Paddock. And Rick is a hypnotist. He's a mind coach. He's an author. And he's just an all-around amazing person. He just launched his own Patreon account uh, yesterday, the 17th of December, 2018, And in December and January, he will be donating every single dollar that he makes on his patron account to the Mac Fund, 
which is Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer Fund, which is a wonderful organization that he's supported for years. And so if you want to double down on your donation this year, um, please head on over to his patron page. I'll put the link to that in the show notes and support my good friend, Rick. Rick is awesome, and he's got some really amazing goodies for you on the show today. So please stay tuned and listen on for that. Rick is the host of the Mind Flipping Podcast, and I was on his show um, a couple weeks ago, episode number 53, and I talk about my own mind flipping story with TMS and my belief that my body was broken that flipped to believing that my body was fine. And, um, yeah, so I share my story there. If you want to tune into that, I'll put that link in the show notes as well. Um, but he brings on all kinds of people who have had their own mind flipping stories. And I love that title mind flipping. It's a really great visual of what happens in our own, in our own selves when we decide to believe a new story and a more empowering story. And so without further ado, we're going to get into the show today Uh, Here is Rick Paddock. So I'm here today with Rick Paddock, who is actually a friend and colleague of mine. Um, We met somewhere around... 2012, I think. Um, We worked within the same building, and over the years, we've kind of kept in touch and seen each other here and there. Um, And Rick, you came to see me like two years ago, right as I was getting into the mind body work. And you were officially the first person that ever walked into my office that knew what I was talking about when I mentioned Dr. Sarno and mind body medicine. So that was pretty exciting to have you (laughs) um, just kind of wrap back and forth about that. Um, So you are a board-certified hypnotherapist, you're a mindset instructor, a coach, a trainer, an author, and the host of the Mind Flipping Podcast. Um, I was recently on the Mind Flipping Podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. I was episode number 53, so if you guys want to tune into that, you can do that. Um, Rick is just one of the most compassionate, kind-hearted, Um, and passionate people that I've ever met. So I'm really excited to pick your brain today, Rick. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate those kind words. And and yeah, I'm excited to be here. Let's let's talk mind stuff. Yes, yes. (laughs) So I just want to start by having you kind of just tell our listeners what you're all about, um, what's your work in the world, and um, yeah, how was this project of the Mind Flipping podcast born? Sure. So a lot of people will say, you know, hypnotist, wow, how did you come to that? You know, because most of us don't know many hypnotists or hypnotherapists, and I'm certified in both. I kind of prefer the term hypnotist because uh, hypnotherapy often uh, has a connotation of of, uh, digging into the past, you know, and um, we actually don't usually do that. You know, the work I do with my clients is more about kind of mind coaching, what's happening now that you don't like and, and what would you rather have in your life? And we focus on that. Um, and so anyway, so I, I came to, to be a hypnotist and this kind of ties into the title of my podcast, mind flipping is I used to be a house flipper. Uh, I was an investor, you know, and, uh, fixed houses and, and flipped them and rented them. And, and, um, it was my only income. I was a single dad. And then back in 07, 08, when the market turned, mm. I had, a I had properties I couldn't sell, uh, vacancies I couldn't rent because the tenant market was very 
a good tenant market was small. Everybody had bought, you know, if they could. And, uh, and so my real estate investment business started to collapse. I mean, I, I could see where it was going and yeah. eventually I lost homes to foreclosure and I had to give away homes to other investor friends and mm. had to start over. So that, that change in my life as a single dad um, brought anxiety and brought depression and, and coaching and hypnosis, um, kind of brought me back to what I had always known. And that's that I don't need to let outside forces affect my inner world. Um, but that's how our culture is. And I kind of for, forgot that and, yeah. and, and working with some good coaches and, and learning the processes of hypnosis brought me back to that reminder that it's up to me to create my life and I create it from the inside out. Yeah. So, Beautiful. and that's, so yeah, that's where the mind flipping came from. You know, I'm no longer a house flipper. I'm now a mind flipper. That's <laughs> awesome. So you had some coaching and hypnotherapy done for yourself to kind of help you get out of that rut. Yeah. Yeah. I found some coaches, you know, uh, I, I reached out, I recognized I need some help figuring out the next step, you know, it's the, you know, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Uh, part of my life. And, um, interestingly enough, what the, the first hypnosis session I ever went through was with a friend of mine who was a pastor at the church I went to, mm. uh, and, he didn't call it a hypnosis session, but that's exactly what it was. It had all of this, all of the parts that we know as hypnotists are included in it. You know, basically there was a, an, an induction and a deepener and the suggestive part and, and awakener. And, um, and it was really a, a very cool session. It really helped me, uh, see and feel and step into, uh, what I wanted to do next. And, and yeah, so with that kind of doorway to hypnosis and coaching, I, kind of ran with it. Beautiful. And so did you um, see him long-term before you noticed any real changes or was it pretty instant for you? So I didn't see him long-term. He actually referred me. And the reason uh, we were getting together is uh, he had been a pastor for uh, 20 some years. And one of his kids was dating uh, a young woman whose mom was a coach, a life coach. They got talking and she trained this friend of mine. Uh, he got certified as a coach and he wanted to kind of bounce some ideas off me about a, some seminar series he was going to put on. And he was telling me how coaching was so much more effective than the traditional kind of pastoral coaching where you are counseling, where you look into the past to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, how you got here. And and uh, so he referred me to his coach and I worked with that coach for a while. And the, and the process was um like most change it was gradual it was every time it was a it was two steps forward maybe one back five Mm -hmm. steps forward one back and but eventually i was on the path towards where i wanted to go beautiful yeah and so then you went through kind of the training process and then did you just dive right into a hypnotherapy practice yeah great question so i decided that i wanted to be certified as a coach and i recognized that if as I kind of alluded to earlier, I've always been a believer in the power of the mind. Um, you know, going all the way back to when I was, you know, in hindsight, I recognize when I was in sixth grade, I had a classmate who, whose parent, whose dad had killed himself. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, how would I handle that? Yeah. And, and, and just that thought in hindsight, you know, as a sixth grader, I recognize you have a choice, you have an option. Mm. And um, a couple of years later, when I was in eighth grade, my dad, got sick and he died. So I had the opportunity wow. to, f- to figure that out. And so throughout my life, I recognized that I didn't have to uh, let my outside world 
create my inside world. And, and I've always been a believer in it. I've always been a cheerleader and encourager for others. And when I heard about coaching, I thought, I want to do that. So I got certified as a coach and, and um, kind of hung my shingle as a coach and coached people about finding their life purpose, their next step in life and living a, a life of purpose and passion. And admittedly, uh, the coaching field is flooded. It's kind of hard to market. Mm. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to describe, you know, what a coach does. And um, But with the clients that I had, we always incorporated hypnotic processes, hypnosis sessions, uh, visualizations, some neuro-linguistic programming. And those really were profound. They really made you know, great impacts on, on our, on our work together. And I recognized I wanted to do more of that. So I got certified as a, as a hypnotist and, and uh, changed the name of my business from purpose focused coaching to Milwaukee hypnosis. And the phone started ringing. And, and so most, yeah, most people find me through hypnosis, but then many of them become longer term coaching clients. Yeah. Do you have, um, like a philosophy on what, constitutes the most impactful kind of change in a person's life? Like, do people come to you and they expect like one or two sessions and they're cured forever? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yes, uh, probably yes and yes. (laughs) (laughs) So people do expect, in fact, uh, um, between clients now as we talk and the gentleman that just left saw me first third session. And in his second one, he said, now I've got to ask you, I really enjoyed our first session. I'm looking forward to our next ones. Um, but he had seen some of the stage uh, hypnosis shows. Mm. And he said, you know, is that real? Like, you know, they snap the finger, you know, is that possible that you can just, you know, tell me to make this change and I'll do it. And I said, um, well, it's possible, but it's not likely. In fact, that's not the way I like to work because now anytime you want to make a change, it's like, you need to come back to me. Wouldn't it be better for you to learn how to make changes in your habits and your thoughts and feelings so that you're empowered, that you can choose your life in any way that you want. And that's really more realistic, you know, that change doesn't happen in an instant, even though we would love it, you know, happen so quickly. And, and I guess I should kind of correct myself often change happens in an instant, but lasting change takes time. Mm. You know, we make the decision to leave a relationship to, uh, to lose the 30 pounds, to quit smoking, to get over a fear or anxiety. Um, that change has already occurred in that moment of decision. But to reinforce it and to make it lasting and easier and more fun, that takes time. Yeah. Now, what are some of your favorite go-to like self-help methods for yourself when you find that you're in need of a little boost? Yeah, great question. When I'm in need of a boost... Probably self-hypnosis. Yeah. Um, you know, self-hypnosis is just a simple process that anybody can do uh, about using your imagination. And the way I do it is just to, and there are a few steps. In fact, I've, I've got, you know, some resources I can share with our audience. Please. We can talk about that later, I guess. Um, but uh, seeing myself in that state of mind, body, spirit that I want to be in. And really imagining through all five senses and beyond what that looks like. So that's the the boost. Mm. If I if I need a boost, sometimes we need a stop sign. You know, like our mind is going somewhere that we don't want it to go. We're getting anxious. We're getting fearful. We're, um, you know, we're focusing on that pain, physical pain or emotional pain. And so there are other processes like emotional freedom technique or mm. bilateral stimulation or. Um, Boy, there's just there's so many uh, quick 
process is uh, there's a process that I love. It's a NLP process called the emotional detox. Mm. Um, it's an anchor collapsing process. And in fact, I'll, I'll make some of those resources available to your audience. Um, and all of those are proven powerful and they just work wonderfully. And it's just a way for us again, to take back control, to not be uh, at the mercy of the world around us or even at the mercy of the thoughts that roll into our head, but to take back control of those thoughts. Yeah. So do you, I mean, you guys work a lot with the subconscious and the unconscious mind, um, and you talk about making a conscious effort to, you know, choose your own experience from what is happening outside of you. Was there any part of you from the trauma that you went through with losing your dad that, um, you know, was anything, um, did anything get buried, so to speak, in your unconscious that you weren't aware of, like any kind of shadow emotions that you weren't aware of at the time? Probably, (laughs) but gratefully, nothing that's really, um, gotten in the way of my life physically, emotionally, you know, relationally. Um, you know, there are occasionally times where I recognize, um, or I question, I wonder if that's because, you know, because something is going to happen from that type of loss. Gratefully, I had a, and continue to have, she's healthy. My mom is 77 and, you know, she really, I've got three sisters and all of us handled that loss in our own way. And, um, I feel like I got what I needed from my mom and from those around me. And, um, so so I, I processed it pretty, pretty well. You know, I don't, I don't have any real heaviness towards it. I just felt I was grateful for the 13 years I had and, you know, and, uh, and I think in many ways it was a gift as most difficult experiences are as losing my business as losing my house. Um, in hindsight, they're gifts, you know, they help us understand who we are. And and it was the same when I lost my dad. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and so, um, you know, your podcast is called the Mind Flipping Podcast. Um, what do you think was your biggest own personal mind flipping story that you have that you like to tell? Oh, great question. You've got all kinds of good ones. <laughs> and I've had a lot. So let's see. Oh, let me share a couple, I guess, that are more recent. These might not be the the greatest all right, we'll, we'll try to do this quickly. I think the greatest is kind of the, the underlying awareness that um, our our thoughts and feelings are self created, mm. and we get and we get caught up in those. So if at any moment I'm thinking or feeling something uh, that I don't like, I just need to remind myself it's just a creation of my mind, and because I created that, I can create something else. Mm. So that's the the greatest awareness or mind flip for me. The some subtle everyday ones, smaller ones, where I was listening to a friend, uh, colleague, and podcast guest, Jason Lynette. Jason's a, a hypnotherapist, hypnotist out in uh, Virginia, and he was describing how he he helped a client uh, that came to him to to quit nail biting. And so, uh, you know, hypnosis and the work we do, uh, hypnotic coaching works wonderfully at those automatic habits uh, that consciously we know we don't want, um, but our subconscious just does them like nail biting. And I've always been a nail biter and it never really bothered me that much. I've never haven't had like, you know, terribly, you know, bloody fingers or anything. But, um, you know, I just kind of always knew I didn't want to. It'd be nicer to be able to clip them instead of biting them. Yeah. So Jason was describing how among the things he told this nail biter was whatever pleasure 
and satisfaction your subconscious gets from biting your nails, from this moment forward, you're going to find even greater satisfaction in clipping your nails. In fact, the thought of biting them is boring, but the thought of clipping them is so satisfying, you'll never want to bite them. You just want to clip them. So you'll either carry a clipper with you or you'll wait till you get home. And it was something like that. That's how I took it. And I thought to myself, that sounds good to me. I like that. And I just, in that moment, kind of made the decision, I'm going to try to focus on the satisfaction of clipping my nails. And it's so rare now that I ever bite my nails. Really? I just, yeah. Wow. And they, they, they'll, so one of my triggers, and we all have triggers for those unconscious habits. One of my triggers was seeing white on my nails and I just didn't like it. I'm thinking it was probably because I had three sisters and that was kind of feminine to me. So I would see white on my nails and I would bite them. Well, now if I'm out of town and I'm, you know, traveling for days and I notice them, I won't bite them. I'll wait till I get home or in the past I would, I'd bite them. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, do you ever have any people coming to you for hypnotism specifically for chronic pain or is that something that people don't usually think of going to a hypnotherapist for? Yes, I, I I do. And I have. And um, yes, often people don't think of that mm-hmm. until the light bulb goes on, whether it's something they read or, you know, often um, I'm, you know, the, the last resort. Oh, I've tried everything else. You know, mm-hmm. you know, people in some ways derogatively say, oh, it's all in your mind about pain. And um, I reassure my clients that they don't have to take that as an insult, that yes, it's in your mind. That's where it all happens. And yeah. and when somebody says that, you can say, yeah, that's where all the processing is. And so with that awareness, um, they will come to me. And and the work that we do is is first is making sure they've gone through all the regular channels, their doctor has, you know, diagnosed them. And, um, and so hypnosis works well at turning off the alarm that is chronic pain, Mm. you know, and that pain is on many levels, just an alarm that something needs attention. It becomes a useless alarm when we know it needs attention. And our subconscious has, again, like all habits, and in many ways, chronic pain is just a subconscious habit. It's, It's there to protect us. It's there with a positive intent. And so the work that we do together is reminding their subconscious that, I, I know what needs attention. It's getting attention. You can go away or you can go down. And if at any point something different comes up, you know, you can alarm me, quote unquote, again, but mm-hmm. you don't need to. And there are some really cool, powerful and often simple ways at turning down that alarm and and finding relief. Yeah. Do you find it difficult to instill that sense of safety in your clients when they come in in terrible chronic pain or is is it kind of like a with time process you kind of can get them to turn that alarm system down yeah it is uh yes and yes it is it does take time yeah and um it can be difficult you know depending on the type of pain and how long they've been in it and admittedly um, because we are uh, working with the mind you know our, our our greatest hope is that they can see an improvement, see, notice a change. And, yeah. and, and wonderfully, um, it often doesn't take much, you know, for somebody who's in chronic pain, a, a 10, 20, 30% improvement, a noticeable, impro- noticeable improvement is hope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all, all that they want. You know, they're not coming saying, I want it gone. They just want hope. Right. And, and often we can get that. Yeah. 
do you have any um, favorite like client mind flipping stories that um, that are on your brain? Oh, there's so many. Let's see. I think it's some of them my favorites. Um, I mean, I've got a more recent one. The client's coming in uh, later tonight. Her husband came to me for weight loss. Um, was an admitted skeptic. And I said, that's okay to be skeptical. Um, just, you know, suspend disbelief. Like when you're going to a movie, you know, just go with the flow. Use your imagination. And saw me um, just a few times, just over about a month and a half. 60-year-old gentleman wanted to lose 35 pounds. And and in his last session, uh, he said, I told you in the first session, I was a skeptic. He said, but this process has been so easy. Uh, the the weight was melting off of him wow. um, in the short time we worked together. And uh, he achieved this goal pretty quickly and to the point where his wife is, is now seeing me. Um, so nothing... Yeah, nothing, you know, too dramatic, but it's cool, you know, as you and I probably talked about, Caitlin, you know, we, we see the way the mind works and we're not surprised, but we're still amazed. You yes. know, we love to see yes. you know, the, the power of the mind at work. And so that's cool. One of my other favorite ones was a uh, a client who was in the medical field and and um, almost in an embarrassed way said to me, you know, that she had a a phobia of having your blood pressure tested mm -hmm. and so in the medical field, you know, and again, like most phobias, they are, um, you know, they're not rational. They're automatic responses, despite our, our conscious, logical, analytical minds awareness that there's nothing to fear here. There was something in her subconscious that saw a quote unquote threat in that. Mm -hmm. And, um, she was in her early thirties and came to me because her and her husband wanted to have kids. And she recognized she, couldn't do that to herself or to her child, you know, the, um, that raise, you know, her blood pressure, raising her heart beat going that phobic reaction from having her blood pressure tested. And, and so after our first session, she gave blood for the first time in like 15 years and, you know, excitedly called or emailed me. I don't remember at this point what it was and said, I'm, I can't believe it. You know, I did. It. And she said, I'm, but it was still there a little bit. I'm, I'm like 75%, you know, better. And so I think we saw each other another two or three times and got rid of, you know, those last fears or phobias. And she could have her blood pressure tested just like most of us can and, and has had two kids and then sends me emails. And, um, and those are the kinds of things that we love, you know, or That's it's beautiful. a real mind flip where she didn't know how it would happen, but she was hopeful and it, and it yeah. did happen. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And so, um, when it comes to the most common, like unconscious limiting beliefs that people have that come to you, um, do you notice any patterns from person to person as far as like big time, like uh, just unconscious patterning that people kind of come in with that you kind of go to, like you check off self-worth, self-love, is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah. Yeah. If there's a common, it would be that it'd be mm -hmm. about self-worth, self-love, self-belief, yeah. you know, and I like to say that the greatest gift we can give ourselves or we can give our mind is the belief in ourselves yeah. you know, that we have the ability to live the life that we want. And then it can include releasing chronic pain, finding a way to live with pain and, you know, to live with it, mm -hmm. uh, finding a way to release those habits, you know, I'll, have people that come to me, they just don't believe in the power of their mind to 
to get rid of uh, the smoking habit, the the soda habit, um, you know, anything that we want, we have the ability to do it. Just because we haven't seen ourselves do it doesn't mean we can't do it. Yeah. And often, you know, I'll have clients who call me about something that might not be the typical. And when I say typical, most people, um, the t- probably the top three things that people come to the hypnotist for are smoking, weight loss, or anxiety. Mm. F- fears or phobias kind of fall under the anxiety. Um, and so if there's something kind of outside of that, or even those, they'll say, hey, can hypnosis help me with X or whatever it is? And, and my answer is if you can imagine or remember that change, so living without this habit in the past or imagine living with this change in the future, then hypnosis can help because just imagining is where we tap into the subconscious mind. And with that imagining, with that belief that you can make this change, it's all that you need. We can all do it. So, yeah, that's that's definitely the, the, the commonality. Uh, that's a common roadblock. And once you just accept that, that somehow, some way, um, day by day, bit by bit, um, quickly or slowly, I can make this change. Um, yeah. It happens. It happens absolutely all the time, all over the world. Yeah. And so um, are there certain kinds of people that are just super sponges with this kind of stuff, like just easily hypnotized and like easy to make change? And um, like, I always think of myself as like someone that would probably be very suggestible, like very, very easily hypnotized. Um, And so I just wonder, like, what kind of person is, is that person that's easily hypnotized? Yeah. So what makes you say that about yourself? Well, just in that I pretty much don't disbelieve anything when I listen to it. You know, I'm just very open-minded and I like to give everything the benefit of the doubt before I become a skeptic about it. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, And that's a common question. Are there people that, you know, that it's easier for, you know, they have a greater success rate. And in, in this field, you know, people have tried to identify, you know, uh, one thing I heard is you have somebody like roll their eyes up. And if there's like a lot of white, you know, mm. like you can't really see their eyeballs and they're more, more suggestible. And mm. um, there's different things. There's different tests I've seen through the years. And I think that those little tests for suggestibility, if you will, can get in the way of, of the process of change because it, everybody's different. Right. So, uh, my experience has been, well, first of all, it seems like there is a small part of the population, five or 10% that are what we call natural somnambulists. Those people who perhaps have occurrences of sleepwalking, Mm. you know, where they quickly and easily get into a deep, deep, um, Delta, uh, state of, of, brainwave activity and yet they can still do things um those are typically the people who are best like in hypnosis stage shows Mm. Um, but you don't have to be that um so if you're not that what else would help you know if you are just open to using your creative imaginative mind and as we grow some adults will think i'm not very imaginative or i'm not very creative and they might be thinking that they're not crafty but we all have the ability to imagine either seeing, hearing, feeling, sometimes even smelling or tasting. Um, and sometimes it's just one of those that we can only imagine images, seeing things. Some of us are more kinesthetic. We can imagine feeling things through our body. 
as long as you're willing to imagine, to open up your mind to imagine, um, you'll do great. You yeah. know, holding that that intention to make this change, um, with the understanding that sometimes change can be uncomfortable. Sometimes yeah. it can be difficult. Yeah. And you're not going to let that stop you, you know, set that goal in mind and recognize that despite the changes or, or despite the difficulty or, or challenges um, that you can do it. You know, you asked about one of my recent mind flips and I've tried uh, intermittent fasting recently. Yeah. And I've found that it, what it's good for me uh, for is it's a, uh, a reminder that I can live through the uncomfortableness of of being hungry for, you know, half a day or a day or whatever and, and be okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> that's did, a mind flip. I did that for a while. And, uh, and yeah, at first it was hard, but then you get used to it like anything else. Um, and then I just really missed breakfast. So, <laughs> so I went back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's a big part of it, you know, so that, so those that are willing to be uncomfortable, those that are willing to tap into their imagination, um, you don't have to be, you know, some people, I'm very right brain. I'm very left brain. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, more the, you know, I'm, I'm better with numbers. I'm an accountant. Um, anybody can do it. I've seen all different types of people. If if you have the intention, you're willing to follow that intention with determination and a, and a sense of conviction. Anybody can reach their goals. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned a lot about visualization as far as like the things that you do when you're kind of stuck in a rut or need a boost. Um, and I was listening to one of your podcast episodes a few days ago, um, where you talked about, um, resources for golfers, um, where you have like a, a set of resources for, for golfers for that reason. Um, do you use a lot of visualization when you're playing golf? Yeah. You know, I have to admit, I'm not a big golfer. Oh, uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I golf a little bit. Um, but what is interesting and the reason that I, I created that series, uh, so our listeners can, Go to golfonthebrain.com and, oh, okay. and, and get a, a more information there. Uh, but I developed that because um, for years, you know, golf, there's a, there's a few sports, you know, that are so mental. And you think about it, golf mm. is, you know, you hit the ball and then you walk, 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 you think, think, think. You hit the ball, you walk, 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 you know. Yeah. And, and, and the, the most successful golfers, as is the case in so many professional fields, uh, the most successful are those who uh have a grasp of the mental game mm. who invest time uh, in their own mental game. And so I had a client that came to me uh, for weight loss and, uh, and did fantastic, you know, lost all the weight he wanted and was a big golfer, golfed a lot, travels the world golfing and, and uh, you know, called or emailed me and said, Hey Rick, you know, that was so great. So easy. Can you help with my golf game? And I said, yeah, of course. So, so I think it was either after our first or second session, he had his best round ever. He said, he can't believe it. He's like, the world's got to know about this. And so, uh, we kind of partnered up on it and put together these series awesome. um, because it does work so well. Yeah. yeah. So cool. I'll have to tell my husband about that because yeah, you know, he'll, he'll get what, what is known as the yips. Do you know what the yips are? <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. for those who don't know, I, there was a baseball player, right. Who was a pitcher and he was just amazing. And he just kept, um, there was one game where he just kept throwing it just way the heck out there. Um, and it was just so uncharacteristic, but he just kept doing it over and over again. And I think his, what was his last name? Yip, 
Ypsilani or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they called it the yips, where like you just get in your head about it, and then you just can't, you can't do it anymore. You're, you've got a mental block on. So yeah, um, you can't think your way out of it. Yes, yes. Yeah, so. yeah. I just, uh, I, I'll work a lot with athletes, um, uh, golfers. I've done a lot with uh, cheerleaders, gymnasts, oh, you know, fumblers. Yeah, they get some mental blocks about, you know, going backwards, upside down. And and usually they've done it many, many times for many years. And then just something for some reason, maybe they saw somebody fall, maybe mm. they fell. They get that little, it's almost like, you know, the mental block, the, the yips. Sure, sure. And I uh, had one recently and I, I was showing her a uh, an article that I cut out. It was in USA Today. There's a, a professional basketball player, DeAndre Jordan, that was terrible at shooting free throws. He was like, a, so a, a good free throw shooter will shoot 70%. He was in his 40s. He was one of the worst. And uh, people would follow him intentionally because they knew he wouldn't make his free throws and he'd get the ball back. So uh, he, um, he's, this year he's made an incredible jump. He's in his 70s, maybe even 80%. And when asked about it, he said he just stopped thinking about it. He just, you know, and did other things, you know, he continued to practice regularly, but when he got out of the thinking part of his mind and got in, which is our conscious mind and got into the feeling and believing part of our mind, our subconscious, it just happens. It just happens automatically. And, and that's the work that, that I do with my clients is, is we take what they think and know and get it into that feeling and believing part of their mind, which is their subconscious. And anytime our subconscious and conscious don't agree, the subconscious is going to win. And, and most people, as they, they think about it, you know, there's will come to me, people that are looking to quit smoking. And for years, they've, they think, and they know how bad it is. They think I don't need this and they know they don't need it. But if their subconscious feels and believes something differently, the subconscious is going to win. So, the work we do is just about getting that which we think and know into that feeling and believing part of their mind. And then the change is easy. Just like DeAndre Jordan, these swish and free throws left and right. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah cool. I think about, um, so Sarno was, you know, my book for, for hypnotizing me into believing that my body was fine. <laughs> and then, yeah. um, the easy way to quit smoking by Alan Carr was the book that hypnotized me into like not wanting any more cigarettes. And I awesome. also read his, um, easy way to control alcohol and easily quit drinking alcohol, which is those three books are why I think I would be a really easy hypnotist <laughs> case. Uh, I, I agree. That's awesome. Congrats. Uh, thanks. Yeah. So, um, so then, um, you kind of talked about um, your favorite like mental hygiene techniques that you use, including self-hypnosis, emotional detox, bilateral stimulation, and mindfulness. Can you talk a little bit about um, what is bilateral stimulation and emotional detox? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll try to, uh, and and I will uh, give you some resources, some links to share. Awesome. Um, yeah, so... A client, your listeners can can get a better understanding. But bilateral stimulation is um, is just a simple process. Uh, I can kind of describe it here. Where, um, your listeners can grab anything. It can be a bottle of water. It can be their phone. Anything that they can hold easily in one hand and 
and uh, find a comfortable position, hold their hands out in front of them, almost like in a, in, a, in a praying position with that object in one hand, and then pass it to the other hand and swing that hand just out to one side and come back to the middle and hand it off to the other hand and swing that other hand out to the side. And, and so you're just going handing off in the middle, back and forth, swinging something while noticing that which you're passing. When I say notice, just what it looks like, the color of it, the texture, the weight of it. So it's a very mindful process. Mm -hmm. You're just aware of what you're passing from one hand to the other as that hand swings all the way to the left, handing it off to the middle, all the way to the right, and back and forth for 30, 60, 120 seconds while being aware of two things, that which you're passing and your breath, just making sure you're breathing. Mm. And um, this is an exercise to come to if you're in a unwanted place, a stuck place. You're having an unwanted feeling, stress, anxiety, worry, frustration. And usually as you do this for a minute or two, as you check back in afterwards, that which initially bothered you won't or it's less or it's mm. different. And the reason is um, neuroscience tells us that when we are stuck, when we're thinking an unwanted thought or feeling, uh, it's firing in the same place in our brain as it did the last time we had that unwanted thought or feeling mm -hmm. and the time before that. So let's say I have, um, uh, you know, um, let's see, a stress about an exam and I'm getting anxious about the exam. There are neural pathways that are firing in one part of my brain, the same place they fired the last time I was stressed about an exam. And this bilateral stimulation um, lessens the firing in that area and it kind of stimulates the other side of the brain, thus mm. the bilateral stimulation. It stimulates other parts of the brain. And so it's like you're dimming down the electricity in that stress area or whatever that area is that was bothering you. And you're firing up the electricity or the firing in the other parts of your brain. And and it's just, I've taught so many clients that come to me for anxiety, this simple process. And so many of them say, it's amazing how it just kind of centers them and it takes away that yeah eight, nine, 10 level of stress, pain, and worry, and brings it to a one, two, three, even a five, you know? Wow. I love yeah. that. That's so Does easy that, and doable. And yeah, super easy. Yeah. yeah. Does that explanation make sense? It's perfect. Yeah. I like can't wait to do it when we get off the phone here. Cool. <laughs> cool. And, then the, and then the emotional detox is just a what's called an anchor collapsing process. And that's a little bit more involved, a little bit more difficult to explain, but I'll, uh, I'll share some links and some resources, so some videos, so your yeah. listeners can follow along. Beautiful. And so um, where can they find all that info? Yeah. So if they just go to uh, the domain name Rick's Gift, so Rick's plural and gift, not plural, R-I-C-K-S-G-I-F-T dot com. And there's a, a self-hypnosis uh, uh video. So just kind of teaching you how to do self-hypnosis. There's a little awesome. audio. Yeah. And there's a little PDF there, just kind of the steps of self-hypnosis. It's called simple self-hypnosis, really easy. And then below that, they'll see there's a graphic where they can get a bunch of videos. It will allow them to uh, to sign up for my update list for my podcast. Mm. And it's going to give them videos for the emotional detox, bilateral stimulation, neurological tapping, uh, mindfulness. I've got three or four mindfulness processes on there. There's a bunch of really cool processes that that just work. They yeah. just work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that so much. What a an abundance of amazing resources. Thank you for that. Yeah, the world needs to have them. There's they're, they're yes. so powerful. Everybody needs to know about them. Yes. 
And so um, I know on your show you like to have a word or phrase of the day. Do you have a word or phrase of the day today? Oh, wow. You are <laughs> caught me off guard here. <laughs> you can use an old it. word or phrase of the day. <laughs> All right. Here's a word that I that I made up. Actually, a friend of mine kind of made it up. It's an acronym that I made into a word. And it relates back to what I was talking about earlier. So the, the word or the acronym, it sounds like in my mind, Siamu, but it's spelled T-S-I-A-M-U-U. T-S-I-A-M-U-U. And the acronym, uh, it's a reminder for me that this stuff is all made up unconsciously. Aha. Yeah, I love so, that. So Siamu, I, in my mind, is, a, is a, a big, fluffy, white and black panda. He's an invisible <laughs> panda that hangs around and and I, I visualize him and I see him and it's a reminder that that worry, that anxiety, that fear, that stress, anything that I don't want is just a creation that my mind is made up. Not consciously, I haven't chosen this, but mm. my subconscious unconsciously created this. And because I created, I have the ability to make up better stuff. So let's let's go to work up and make something better. So Siamu is my. Siamu, I love it. I would love anybody who's listening that's an artist to create a fluffy panda artist rendering of Siamu. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I had a, a client, I share this not with every client because it is kind of quirky. <laughs> I had a, a client that I shared it with. Actually, it was a women's group. Uh, I'll, I'll work with groups here and there. And one of my women in the group brought me a panda ornament and had Siamu written on it. Oh, okay. Great gift. So it already exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. So um, how can people get more of you? I know you have the ricksgift.com, but as far as like the podcast, your website, how can people work with you coaching wise? Where's all that? Sure. Yeah. So a few, probably a few websites. So mindflipping.com is uh, where they can listen to the podcast. It's also available on any of the podcast players. Um, MilwaukeeHypnosisCenter.com or MILWHypnosis.com for my hypnosis and coaching work. Uh, or if you want to, I, I train and certify hypnotists, and that's at MidAmericaHypnosis.com. Awesome. So yeah. you're a hypnotherapist trainer as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, Rick, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show today. Do you have any last words of wisdom for our guests? Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I I loved it. Um, I guess the last words of wisdom um, are to believe in yourself and you're listening to Caitlin and her wisdom. So you know that there's there's, you have the ability within you and follow that lead, you know, connect with people like Caitlin and myself and other people uh, that your heart uh, tells you is somebody that's worth investing in and um, and believe in yourself that that better life that's in that heart in your stomach that little spark that's calling uh, you whether whether you've got a great life now and you just want to take it to the next level or whether you feel like you're in a in a bit of a rut um, you can get out of it so believe in yourself yes I love it so much well Rick It's been such an honor. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Caitlin. I enjoyed it. And we'll be in touch. I hope to have you back on. I'd love to. Anytime. Yeah. Awesome. Well, have a good one. (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Take care. You too. (laughs) Thanks. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I've got all the all the links to everything Rick mentioned in the show notes, of course. So head on over to CaitlinMichaels.org to check that out. And thank you to Rick for being on the show. I loved every minute of this interview. I hope to have you back on the show. And uh, happy holidays and a happy new year to all of you listening in. It's been a wild ride, and I can't tell you how much I love and appreciate every single one of you. We will see you in January. January 8th is when we'll have our next episode, and we will meet you back here then. Be well. Much love.